This is On and Off Your Mat podcast episode 13, taking your yoga outside. My name is Erica and I'm your host. For this episode, I sat down with Juliana Ariallo, aka Julie. Julie is the founder of Outdoor Yoga SF. She leads a team of passionate teachers and she teaches yoga classes on the beach in San Francisco. They believe that gathering together in nature is a nourishing way to create a community and they do it very well. Today we sat down to talk about her yoga journey and how yoga and nature go so well together. As always, I really appreciate your support. So as you leave a review on iTunes or on your iPhone podcast app, you automatically enter a giveaway. Once more, Athleta is supporting this podcast in their effort to ignite a community of strong women who lift each other up and is giving out a $75 shop card. If you want to know more, stay tuned. I'll give all the details at the end of the show and I'll announce the winner of the last giveaway. On that note, go outside, take a walk, sit in the sun and take a listen. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Hi, Julie. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So excited to chat with you. I first discovered you at the Yoga Journal Live event last year, or was it two years ago already? I think it was two years ago. You did an evening class with sound off headphones, if I remember correctly, and it ended up with the dance party. It was so much fun. <laughs> Later, I saw that you were the founder of Outdoor Yoga SF, and I love the idea of bringing this practice in nature, so I wanted to sit down with you and have a chat about it. Awesome. I know you found meditation really young, and that's a little bit more unusual. So for listeners that don't know you, can you tell us a bit more about yourself, how you found yoga and meditation? What's the story there? Yeah, so I found yoga or meditation really when I was 14, a friend of mine in high school. Um, it was interesting. He wasn't even that close of a friend, but for some reason he asked me to go to this meditation or told me about it and said, you know, you can come if you want to. And I don't remember the details, but for some reason I decided to go and check it out. And um, yeah, really through a friend, which is how I think a lot of people... Um, and encouraged and find these practices. But um, what kept me there was, I mean, initially, you know, it was really hard and I'm not sure if it really got that much easier, but it got much more beneficial. Like I, I was only going once a week to this little studio in New Jersey mm -hmm. um, with people who were much older than me. <laughs> I'm sure. And the leader, I'm not sure if he was a monk, I think he was, um, we would have brief chats But, I mean, it was mostly just sitting. There wasn't a lot of instruction, what to do if your mind was wandering or anything. Mm. Um, and luckily at that age, it kind of worked. I think there might have been periods in my 20s where that would have been really challenging. But anyway, that really worked. And I just, I mean, it started, I mean, the honest truth is that I was doing drugs and experimenting with things in high school, wanting to feel and being curious and like, Yeah, just like on this exploration as, mm -hmm. you know, is whatever. I don't know if anyone does that, but some people do it. And it was like the most, uh, you know, sometimes I would feel high from meditation or I would just be like, I sort of found it in the middle of some of this exploring. And obviously I wasn't feeling that good physically. Mm -hmm. um, and it just started to just make sense. And something was like, yes, keep doing this, keep doing this. Anyway, and I kept doing it for a while and um, it changed my life. It changed my life. It's interesting though, because it wasn't like part of like a big young community. Like I said, it was kind of just me and my friend and even me kind of on my own adventure with meditation. I would just, I just remember after I started going for a few weeks, 
in this little place. I would just come home and sit in my room on my bed, <laughs> you know, and this is uh, 18 years ago, however old I am. Wow. <laughs> um, it's just so funny to, to me now, but it's not, you know, it's like, oh yeah, totally. Of course I was doing that. Like that's what resonates with me. Mm-hmm. How do you think it changed your life? You said it changed my life. I mean, it just, it just made me become so awake. I just, um, I heard, I've heard Krista Tippett in an interview, put it this way that, um, there was someone that she was talking with actually was talking about a spiritual void in their upbringing and not feeling like, yeah, just like once they got older, just kind of being able to identify that that was missing. Mm. And while my family was like, and wonderful, there wasn't really a spirituality component. And I don't even think I would have called it spirituality then, but as best as I can remember, it was like a spiritual kind of awakening, like, wow, like I'm living in a body and like, I wake up every day and look at all that I can do. And, um, you know, a sense of gratitude and starting to get the sense that my emotions like were passing through and they, they, uh, weren't who I was, Mm. um, that kind of stuff. That's particularly powerful as a teenager. Yeah. And when did you start the physical practice? Mm, later, later on in high school, I started a studio opened in my town and then I practiced through college. I, um, just set a studio near my college pretty regularly. Um, and I think I was connected to the spiritual thing, but more through movement and definitely not as much as the meditation. Mm-hmm. And then again, I like, oh, and then I really got deep into it. I lived in Crested Butte for, oh, like six months or so in Colorado, this little ski town. And I taught skiing. Um, and this woman, I hope, she, I think she's still there, opened this amazing studio there. And she gave all the locals uh, a crazy deal to like come unlimited through the season. And so I did yoga every day for like mm. six months. And that was like the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of on and off. Um, I lived in New York City and did it a bit. I was like cross training for triathlons. I got really into triathlons mm-hmm. racing. And then I, when I was like 28, I was like struggling for a long time with a torn hamstring. And, uh, I just, and, and I had had a lot of injuries before then, just not really caring for my body, um, appropriately. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I just had to stop for a little while. I was like, had had a lot of injuries over the years, but I just kind of managed it and would take little breaks, but go back. And then I was just like, I just need to take a break from this for a little while, which was like a really big realization. But mm-hmm. eventually, but I was like, came to that. And then I was like, well, I could do yoga. I couldn't even go to a studio because it was so, my body was so not ready for classes. And I would get so frustrated that I couldn't do the things that the teachers would instruct. Mm. So like, especially hamstring stuff is like really hard because yeah, there's so a much. lot of things in yoga. And, um, I was like, well, maybe I can just start learning. I can do some of this at home. Cause I really missed doing yoga and I wanted to just go back into it and learn more. I was, I was definitely also at a point in my life where I was becoming very aware that I wasn't like on this spiritual awakening path anymore. Mm. And I was really, I, I, yeah, I was kind of seeking that. And then it was like 
boom, one day I was seeking that. But anyway. Did that impact you wanting to become a teacher? Does that have a link? Definitely. I mean, it's all, you know, mm-hmm. kind of pieces along the journey. But yeah, I mean, just starting to practice yoga was the first piece at home by myself and um, feeling really, I'd never really done it on my own. I did meditation on my own, but like the introspective movement part. And you, know, you get that at classes, but w- also when you're a newer practitioner or, you know, you just haven't gone deep in the practice, even though you've been practicing for a long time, mm-hmm. sometimes you're still very aware of the people around you and, sure. you know, all that kind of stuff. Whereas now I go to practice, luckily, at studios and I'm mostly like very in it, you know, for myself. But at that time, it became like a whole other practice to me. And that was like, yeah, it was amazing. On your journey as a teacher, as I said Speaking before. of yoga journal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a yoga journal special edition magazine that broke out like, I don't know, 50 poses or something. And so I went through like page by page through this magazine that I got at like online while I was shopping. And then I just did it. So it's really full circle that you are teaching at yoga journal live events. <laughs> Just made that connection, but yeah. Yeah. How was that experience for you? It's pretty special. Yeah, it was super cool. I mean, it was, I was like, what, why am I teaching there? I have no (laughs) idea. All the teachers teaching there were, you know, so senior and experienced and I totally was not. Um, But they were, you know, they had me there for a different reason. They had me there to like bring newer people into the community, to Mm. give people an offering that perhaps they weren't going to come to yoga journal otherwise, you know, a little more lighthearted, perhaps accessible, fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I really just tried to take it in that context. Like they're not comparing me to, you know, people Mm -hmm. that have been teaching for 20 years there. I'm here for a different reason. So, but it was still, you know, it was still scary. Um, (laughs) It was really cool. I got to my friend DJ's. So it was really fun. Yeah. It was awesome. The room we were in was so beautiful. It was. Oh, um, it was great. Okay. A lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a big group. Coming back to Outdoor Yoga SF from this, and you mentioned before that you were a skier. I assume nature is important for you. So what's your relationship to it? My relationship to nature is just that I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess nature in a way, you know, this might sound cliche, but it's kind of like has all of the ebbs and flows of life and you don't really get to control it. Some Mm. days it's nice and some days it's not. (laughs) Um, Well, it's never not nice, but you know, sometimes it's a little like a little more to deal with than like the sunny and 70 degrees. Yeah. It's ever changing. And it's also always hits the reset button for me. Mm. Like no matter what I can go outside, go for a walk, do yoga no matter seriously what kind of mood I'm in, I can go to the beach and teach yoga class and afterwards, or just do yoga myself. And afterwards, I will definitely feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my relationship to nature is that, yeah, I'm always hits the reset button. And I'm always so, so grateful just that there is nature, <laughs> that there's not just inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, it's very testament to the. Uh, century that I live in but was it harder for you when you lived where winter was part of the season yeah yes oh my gosh that was a huge reason why I moved I was so over cold (laughs) even though I do love skiing that's true yeah I 
I, you know, New York's like, you can go running, which I also love running, but mm-hmm. <laughs> so, not a year-round beach yoga city, that's for sure. That is for sure. Um, why did you choose the beach? So I took one of your classes on the beach. Why the beach versus the Golden Gate Park or another location in San Francisco? Yeah, well, um, if you go to the beach, if you've ever been to a beach, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Any beach, anywhere. Um, I, I some somewhere along the line just started saying, when, you know, there's just no problems at the beach, and mm. it's the truth. The beach is just it's the best. I really, I really do feel like, no matter where you come from, what your background is, what your day is going like, you come to the beach and it's just like time stops. You know, either the waves are wild or they're calm, but it's it's so vast and so mm, beautiful Mm -hmm. I guess I'm a water sign so water (laughs) really resonates with me but I think I think water really resonates to a lot of people you know Mm -hmm. like our bodies are mostly water like this is like our our habitat you know for your personal practice is the beach your favorite place to practice outside definitely yeah it used to be the park before I started practicing at the beach (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just it's so special. I feel like it's very I really I also think de- you know depending on what your daily life is like, but I um I spend a decent amount of time at the computer. Mm-hmm. Um I spend a decent amount of time teaching, which is like active brain, you know, it's mm-hmm. wonderful, but active. And I feel like it's like this just expansive nature. Like mm-hmm. I feel like my mind just expands and kind of like the like, it's just like lucid, like I, it's expansive and I'm, I'm not so zoomed in on things, mm-hmm. um, which is, I was, you know, just kind of thinking about what you asked me in terms of not, not yet in the interview, but in terms of the relationship to studio is studio feels very beautifully introspective. And I love that part of the practice. And I mostly do that kind of practice at home. And I think just what's not, yeah, offered that much is the more, outward expansive mm-hmm. um, practice. So it's not so much that something was missing from your regular studio classes for you as a teacher. No, well, I actually started teaching outside. Mm, you started um, outside. I didn't know that. Initially kind of came to the idea of teaching outside because I wanted to more. I just wanted to. It was, mm. it was just what I wanted to do. I was, like I said, I was moving to New York. I had taught jobs, like adventure, travel jobs, and I was kind of looking back and I knew that I wanted the outdoors and bringing people into the outdoors to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And so, and I was, you know, thinking maybe I'll pursue the yoga path. And I was like, well, I could do that. And I looked online, nobody in San Francisco was doing outdoor yoga. And I was like, well, maybe there's a reason for that, but whatever. I'll see how it goes. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I also, (laughs) I also had invested I went to culinary school as part of my old job and like this amazing vegan culinary school in New York. And I thought, you know, maybe I wanted to do something around nutrition or be a private chef or a chef or something. And I'd spent a lot of time. I am so grateful that I got to do it. And I love the skills that I have now, but I spent a lot of time doing that. And then at the end kind of realized I didn't want to do that Mm -hmm. for my work. Um, And I was like, 
And at the time I didn't really get that you, you go to yoga training for yourself, not really to teach. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't want to do all these yoga trainings if I'm not even going to teach yoga. So I was like, I've done so much yoga. I could teach a class. So I started teaching before I even had a certification. I was like, just, I had some friends that lived here and I was like, you know, we just come to some classes. I taught for free for a while. Mm-hmm. I just want to see if this resonates with me. And I was also doing a training at the same time. So that was helpful. And then I was like, yeah, this is, this is resonating. Do you find the way you teach is different when it's at the beach versus when it's in the studio? Totally. Well, I mean, I'm still me. <laughs> I guess course. I still teach a lot of the same concepts. Um, and I, you know, I teach like pretty slow, rhythmic with breath. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just that it feels different. I don't know if I actually teach that different. I would say I'm a li- probably a little less animated inside. My my personality inside is like the more yin side. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I don't like, just because of the balance now of teaching a lot outside, it's kind of like, it's that kind of expansive feeling, even though a lot of the class is pretty zen and chill. Yeah, I would say inside the class is just generally a little quieter, more, more introspective. Mm-hmm. Outside, there's an aspect of competing with the environment, with yeah. the visual stimuli, with other noises. So maybe it's just natural that you feel like you have to take a bit more space. Yeah, I mean, it's nice with the headphones because it's like sound-wise, you're not, you have to kind of control the sound environment. Yeah. But yeah, there are people walking by and, which is beautiful, you know, it's like, it's a whole different thing and you're engaging kind of in some way, at least energetically with like the space and people enjoying the space and doing something different than you. In your opinion, what are the benefits of practicing outside? Is there particular benefits? 1,000% feel better when you practice outside. I'm not saying that you don't when you practice inside. Like, Do you <laughs> think it impacts the nervous system in a different way or it makes you feel more grounded yeah, I mean, because you're totally, literally in connection totally. with the like, earth? Yeah, exactly. It's like grounding. Like you're, like you're, there's definitely science behind this. It's mm-hmm. called like grounding or earthing, you know, it's probably hippie science, but it's science and you touch your feet on the real earth and it works. You just, you feel like you can exhale. Yeah. I definitely think just even sitting on the earth, like we, st- I always start with like 10 minutes of welcome breathing, unless it's, you know, much chillier than usual, but often we just start sitting and breathing and just touching the earth. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. you know, feeling that sense of ground. And uh, it's amazing. Because there's extra stimuli, like we were saying, visually and with sounds, do you think it encourages people to dive a little bit more deeply into awareness, go a little bit more focused? Yeah, I would say I don't really teach like the focus kind of practice when I'm out there. I'm not like focus on your breath, focus on your breath. I mean, I definitely cue breath awareness, but I would say I teach more of like a practice presence in just observing, mm. just observing, you know, nature. There's like always beautiful birds flying overhead, observing the waves, just like coming in and going out, you know, and then also just say like, see what your mind lands on and just observe and just that, that sense of just being in the present moment by actually, you know, noticing what you're observing, I think is more so the practice or just, you know, enjoying the movement or, Uh, it's, it's a little, yeah, it's, I'd say it's a little less focus-based mm-hmm. in that way, like like one single point of focus, sure. which is a very important part of the practice. I mm-hmm. would just say it's just not not really the focus of what we're doing out there. I'm sure there's a lot happening in the background for these kind of classes to be successful. What has been your biggest challenge through this whole project? I think probably what comes up for me a lot that I don't even realize comes up for me is 
just feeling like a legitimate person and teacher Mm. and leader. And I think sometimes we're just like looking for someone to validate us. And I mean, people have great experiences out there every single time. Or Mm -hmm. how do I say this? It's, and I'm not saying that I guess I'm saying that just to say it does happen all the time, but external validation, you can get it every single day, but if you don't validate from inside, it's like, you just keep searching for more. And I think just like acknowledging that voice and, you know, trying to just manage that voice and realize that like validation does not come from outside. Mm -hmm. Um, and that like, I am like, as I was growing and people were becoming know more about what we're doing and just having confidence that what I'm doing is legitimate and, you know, beneficial for people and sincere and no, it's not like the traditional way yoga was taught, but it's like, yes, there's a lot of reverence for the yoga teachings. And I bring up yoga philosophy every single class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good answer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, running a business, you know, has its ups and downs. Of course. Um, Because you're doing it all on your own. You're not supported by a studio. Right. What has been your biggest lesson is there something you really learned through teaching on the beach or being an entrepreneur? Like the, it's really great. <laughs> I don't think I could ever go back to having a regular job. You, know, <laughs> you do work a lot. And I, I just actually realized this the other day is like, I'm not like, obviously I don't think anyone gets in the yoga world to get rich. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you do end up maybe thinking about money more when you're an entrepreneur and it's kind of an interesting contrast to being a yoga teacher mm-hmm. uh just because we're focusing so much on the the space that is like not about ego or money or identity or any of that you know yeah um but I just realized that the other day and it was a good realization because I was like okay like that's not it's not like I'm I can of course choose to to focus on that less but it's also because I'm a business owner Mm-hmm. And so I just have to be aware that that probably comes up for me more than it does for other people. And so how can I kind of put that, you know, like everything in a box that can kind of be addressed yeah, absolutely. as needed or, yeah. Do you have any tips for people that want to come to class or that want to practice outside in general? Is there something they should think about to prepare so they have the best, the best experience possible? Mm, I would say just come. Mm. Just come. That's the best advice. If you want to practice outside, yeah, just get outside. Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just practice wherever you practice. (laughs) I wouldn't say there's any particular advice. Maybe drop your ego a little bit. Practicing on soft sand can be humbling. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe dress warm if you're coming to the beach. You can be surprised. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yes. Dress in layers because it can also be, this time of year, it can be pretty warm. Yeah. Definitely dress in layers. (laughs) Is there a location outside? Oh, I would say one other thing. Yeah. Don't be deterred by the fog. The fog is, while sometimes, you know, it's not always people's first, like, oh, it's a beautiful day. Mm -hmm. Let me go outside. It's so, so beautiful practicing in the fog. Um, Mm. It has a very, like, mystical feeling. The ocean is very mystical. Like, think of, like, Van Morrison into the mystic and then Mm -hmm. looking out Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, it's it's good. I really enjoy it. Mm. Is there a location outside you would like to teach, like, you haven't thought yet? Or do you have, like, a dream location for yoga classes? This is it. This is it. Any is any beach, any beach in the world will do. Huh. Well, I don't. Uh, I'm I'm going to Kauai in February and have a retreat there. And um, do you plan to take people on the beach? Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. Last year, I was kind of I was like, 
been mostly studio practicing or like outdoors, just like on a deck. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, you know, are people going to want to practice beach yoga? And then we went like the end of the week, people said it was their favorite practice. And I was like, really? If that was your favorite practice? We didn't even do anything fancy or, you know, mm. break anything down. It says something. So I don't know. Kauai is like one of my favorite places in the world. So Hanalei Bay, Kauai, that sounds pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Or actually maybe the hike. Maybe the beach on the Nepali coast, or you have to hike in two miles, and then you can do some yoga over there. That mm. sounds good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna say a few words. You tell me the yeah. first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. Beach. Water. Water. Forest. Green. Mountain. Steep. Island. Alone. Oh. Ocean. Blue. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> so complex. <laughs> That was great. Um, I will put all your info in the show notes, but if people would like to take a class with you, uh, they want to come on the beach, they want to come in the studio, or they just want to reach out and say hello, where's the best place for them to go? You can email me, julie at outdooryogasf.com. Perfect. Instagram is also great, Julianne Yoga. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up? You're awesome. (laughs) Thank you for doing this. Thank you for getting me to contemplate some things reflect back my pleasure it was so fun to come and practice on the beach with you yeah thank you mm-hmm. it was awesome to have you yeah i think final reflections are take a, take a moment to sit down and reflect it feels good mm-hmm. and do it outside <laughs> and, might as well yes you might as well exactly <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for your time thank you oh actually i want to add one more thing yeah that was actually something that really helped me during that time of like transitioning and figuring out what to do next is just like trying to look back at earlier days and just think what are times that I've been most fulfilled, happy, felt purposeful, just been in a good place, um, whether it was work-related or not. And so this kind of helped what was a version of that too. People always that will come up to me, you know, because I'm doing something that's definitely a dream. And we'll we'll say, how did you start this? You know, I I maybe want to leave my job or just really curious, you know, not sure where to go next. And I think that's a good starting point. Mm -hmm. Get interviewed by a friend for their at-home podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Yes. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We have other great guests coming up, so make sure to subscribe. Now, if you want to make my day and get a chance to win a $75 shop card from Athleta, all you have to do is head on to iTunes or on your iPhone podcast app and write a review. As you leave a review, you automatically enter a giveaway, and I announce the winner on the next episode. If you're newer to review, check out the show notes for instruction, or for more info about our guests, go to my website, ericabelanger.com slash blog dash podcast. And I write my first name with a K. Last episode, Athleta was also giving out a $75 shop card. Thank you so much if you left a review. The winner of that giveaway is user TeachaDeb. TeachaDeb said, I search around frequently for a podcast that I enjoyed listening to that relates to my experiences and that sounds genuine. Erica makes this happen on her podcast. Her questions are intriguing and she is present during the podcast. I listen to this podcast while I'm cooking, driving, and walking. My only concern is that I'm going to run out of podcasts to listen to. Keep them coming. See, it's that simple. Thank you so much, Tichadab, for your comment. Email me at erica.belanger at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram and I'll send you your shop cards. 
Once again, thank you for joining in and until next time.